Do you remember the first story that was so spellbinding that it drove you to break the rules and stay up all night? To keep reading, keep listening, keep playing? So good you forgot your life and lived there? So good that the moment it ended you asked yourself, what next? Welcome to the floor. Our goal is to take you back, take you deeper, to explore and understand more, and relive that childlike wonder. Join us as we dive deep into humanity's greatest stories, no matter how they are told, through books, movies, television, even games. One of us does an in-depth research on our topic. One of us is familiar with the topic. And one of us knows nothing. So the right questions will always be asked and will be addressed for anyone coming into the topic, regardless of how much you know. Enjoy another world another adventure, another spellbinding story. Join us on the floor. Welcome back to the Xenoverse. Last time we talked about the comics that were coming out in 1988. This time I want to talk about something else that was coming out in 1988, and that was William Gibson's script for Alien 3. But before we jump into that, since we're talking about scripts, Joe had asked before, what was Dan O'Brien's credit to Alien? Right, Joe? Yes. So, uh, on screen, it says, screenplay by Dan O'Brien, a story by Dan O'Brien and Ronald Chassette. That's what is on Alien. Um, right. Well, yeah, because they were the guys behind Alien. But I guess my question right. is, when we get to the comics, are these original creators still credited? Let, let me get to that question. Let me just talk about uh, a little bit of some drama that was happening back in the day. So the the screenplay that Dan and Ronald had written was called Star Beast. And if you remember me referencing the scripture of the uh, crazy cult that releases the Xenos on Earth. Their scripture was, they had the theory, the Immaculate in, in con, Incubation, right? Remember oh, those yes, guys? the Immaculate Incubation. Yeah, I was reading about that. Uh-huh. Yeah, so their scripture is a call out to this original script, Star Beast. Okay. And then Dan O'Bannon rewrote it, and that's what he presented to David Geller and Walter Hill. These are the two producers Right. The two main writer-producers of uh, Alien. So they buy it from him. They rewrite it five times, and they change things like going from a military class that we see in Aliens to the working class that we see in Alien, the first one. Right. Uh, introducing the two female characters, but I think this happened after they were like, we want Sigourney Weaver. Um, right. That was it happening in casting. <laughs> obviously changed some of the characters and their dialogue they uh they argued about how this credit should happen and they ended up having to take it to the writers guild and they went in favor of dan o'bannon because they didn't really change any major plots to it and walter hill takes uh, dan o'bannon to court over it as well and so it, there was quite a, wow. a battle between these guys. Uh, the court favors in Dan's opinion again. It's still they'd be like, guys, guys, you're just tweaking dialogue. You haven't changed his story. It's still <laughs> his story. Uh-huh. 
So yeah, but after, they they turned left in the corridor, not right. Yeah, but yeah. it led to the same place. Like I don't. That, that's that's not your story. So uh, even after losing this court case, they still are like anyone who still wants to talk about this. I still think it's wrong. I, I think we still should get more credit. And, you know, and they were making a really big stink about it. And it was like hitting tabloids and stuff. That so. just sounds like a good PR agent, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you, you would have been finding this in your tabloid magazines uh, in this era uh, when People talking about movies or sci-fi and things of that nature. But uh, uh, as far as his credit to that, um, I think because he sold it, you know, he just gets credit for it, but not uh, royalties. However, his original screenplay was just created into a comic not too long ago. I think 2019. So Starbase, the original screenplay? Uh, This would be... Alien Dan O'Bannon's original screenplay before okay, okay. being changed by David and Walter. Okay. So, Interesting. but it, it would be a lot closer to what Star Beast was. Right. Or is it um, in, in one of the classes for screenwriting, they have the original script for Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot that's the same, but there's also a lot of things that are kind of different as you go through it. And it, yeah. But because the, there's not like a lot of um, licensing on the original script because that's not what's turned into the movie. It's 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 either free or very cheap to access, which is why that is the version you read in film class as opposed to the the cinematic version of uh, which one? Back to the Future. Back to the Future. Okay. Oh, yeah. Nice. Okay. They're good movies, man. That's the stuff that I was able to find to help answer that question because I know I really was falling short last time. So basically, to recap, Dan O'Bannon. Yep. Dan O'Bannon wrote Star Beast. Turned it into aliens. Turned it into alien. Alien. Won a bunch of legal battles. (laughs) Well, no, and then other people tried to take it and like wrote, like, didn't he win the legal battles after the movie? So he's credited in the movie. So before the movie is written, I think they took it to the Writers Guild. And then after the Writers Guild, I think the court happened and they were going to try to retro fix it, you know, but. but so was the movie in so. production while they were having this court case? They're like, are we putting his name at the, in titles or are we not? Because we want to release the movie, but we can't until we know if his name's going to be at the end of the credits or not. I'll, I'll have to double check my dates on that. I don't have it for you, but I can let you know. I'm just wondering time. at what point, like, did they did they fight before so they... The, the Writers Guild, taking it to the Writers Guild, was during uh, post-production. Okay, so it, it had all been uh, filmed, they had figured everything mm-hmm. out, and then they were and like, they're hey, well, before you release it, yeah, they're figuring out credits, and they're like, whoa. Like, when we start making it. money, who's getting paid? Yeah. <laughs> right. And and Dan is heavily involved in the film. You know, <laughs> he, he's on set. He's not a, a bystander. He didn't write a script and say, here you go. All right, thanks. And, and walk away. You know, he was heavily involved. He was the he was the Giger connection. You know, he was the one who was like, oh, wow, this is the monster. It has to be. This needs to be through Giger's eyes. We need Giger. What's Giger? Giger is the artist that kind of oh yeah, is yeah. Okay, spawns yeah. We, the we whole about that, that creepy yeah. style. Yeah, uh, he he's the one who who comes to Ridley Scott and is like, look at this. 
this is our monster. This is the guy who's going to make our monster. And yeah. this is what's going to change it. I love well, and I think Dan was dead right on that because like the alien is what makes that film stand out. Right. This could have been a cheap B-move monster movie. Yeah. Right? Like if you do that monster poorly, you end up with a B-monster movie. But they did that alien. And then they had a huge franchise. That's how good the monster was. Right. Right, right. I will say there was a scene in the first alien, and I did watch it when I was older, so I probably wouldn't have caught this when I was younger. But I don't forgot who it was, but someone goes down the ladder and then the aliens behind him, and the alien just looks like a human because it's just someone oh. they just showed too much and there was too much light, so you just see the alien doing jazz hands behind him. <laughs> well, I mean, it's kind of uh immersive immersion breaking, but I mean other than that, it's an amazing movie. <laughs> yeah there is that shot i know that shot yeah it's it's the uh it's the shot that they uh avoid showing you on the sasquatch videos right where you're like that's just a guy in a suit (laughs) (laughs) you just you can't have that much light you know yeah you know that much light or too many pixels also can ruin it or or the whole alien you like you want to see a hand or the face behind something upside down Keep that mystery in there. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, so now I want want to move on to William Gibson's scripts. So um, you're saying William Gibson? This is not. Yeah. This. Do you recognize that name? I recognize that name, and I'm like, is this the same guy? That's the same guy. Whoa. Aaron. Okay. So same I just guy as what? So when we were first talking about cyberpunk, um, we talked about a book called The Neuromancer. This is where the idea of the net came from. This guy is often referred to as the father of cyberpunk. He yeah. wrote Neuromancer? Yeah, this is the guy who wrote Neuromancer. He wrote Neuromancer? We talked about that like 17,000 years ago <laughs> in our in our intro to cyberpunk episode. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. That was, holy crap. So is William Gibson? Yeah, so Fox reached out to him and they're like, hey, write Aliens 3. Uh, wow. Okay. And then then the Aliens 3 that was released is the one he wrote? No, not in the slightest. Okay, I was going to say. Okay, all right. So we're about to encounter some big twists and turns from where the father of Cyberpunk writes Alien 3 to what happens. But first, we're going to take a break. Perfect. Okay, so we have been mentioning at the end of our episodes recently about the treasure room, how, as Aaron likes to describe it, in the floor we go deep into things, but in the treasure room we kind of go wide. And we wanted to give people who have never been in the treasure room uh, a little bit of a sample. So going forward, we'll probably be uh, putting in little bits and pieces here. So here is a small clip uh, from the treasure room. We hope you enjoy it and are interested in uh, learning more in there. This, this is what happens when you put a novelist on a screenplay because the novelist yeah. just writes whatever sounds awesome, whereas the producer looks at the screenplay and says, how much is that going to cost? Yeah, but right. like, if you're a smart <laughs> producer, you can go, okay, our budget is only these three areas. So they can talk about the other areas. There can be a map that shows that that's a part of this, the ship or whatever the hell, but nobody goes there. Nobody sees it. You see the map, you're good. And then if the movie does well, you can always expand. 
like as well as as we're like literally in 1988 somebody's reading this in 1988 and their technology of the day and they're like you know our our first alien queen was just made out of trash bags right all right we're back so we just finished a lengthy discussion about uh dan o'bannon who is kind of the i guess i guess he he is the grandfather of all the aliens he comes up with the he he finds the work of the artist giger and he turns this into a monster movie called star beast and this will eventually become aliens but between then and the and the final release of the movie there's a lot of legal battles and script rewrites and everything that happens and finally goes down but it is dan o'bannon and giger who really kind of create the the heart of aliens which is that monster so then we talked about uh how we had we had alien and then you get aliens with an s which is the second in the series by james cameron and then william gibson who we talked about way back in cyberpunk the the father the grandfather of all cyberpunk right with his book normancer gets tapped to write the third movie in this series and that is where we are that's right. So uh, he's going to write two different drafts. So they're referred to as his first draft and his second draft. The first one is really big, really elaborate. Uh, we're clocking hundreds of aliens. That gets rejected by the studio. So he takes it and he kind of simplifies it and brings it back down. And not so wild, not bringing so many new, big, complicated ideas, kind of streamlines it a lot more. Mm -hmm. Well, and I can kind of see this coming from Gibson, having read Neuromancer, because picking up Neuromancer, I don't think this is an incredible story. Picking up Neuromancer, I don't think the characters are awesome, and I really like them and want to follow them deeper into the next, next piece of the story. Picking up Neuromancer, I enter a world unlike anything I've ever encountered, and it is deep and rich and amazing. And the heart of his work is not his story, but his world. And in tapping him for Alien 3, you tap a man whose best talent is world building, and you're giving him a world that is already built. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, right. He's building upon it, right? He, he is, he is. Um, some people do say his script sounds a little bit like he vaguely remembers watching Aliens. <laughs> um, just because he takes some pretty wild turns. But I still really love this story, and I am 100% on board. And uh, one of the reasons I wanted to tap on this story is to show where he's already influenced some of the coming stories uh, through Aliens, as well as uh, I think this might be a little bit something that we'll get tapped into when we see the FX series that will be coming out of aliens wait so there's an fx series in development right now there is yep yep i believe it's coming to hulu okay now here's the question will this be about the aliens or will this be a raised by wolves things where they're like it's in this world but uh no no this will definitely be an aliens Uh, i don't think this will be aliens versus predator predator anything like that this will be what's the title of this tv show called unreleased title oh Oh. still still we do not have the title still Um, working it we do have the uh director noah howley he's been known for legion 
Fargo and some Bones episodes. Oh, I watched Bones with my mom. Good show. Yeah. So he's the one taking over the FX series. Honestly, I think you should have put the Walking Dead team on that, right? Like, they really seem to fit because it, it's kind of a horror genre, right? And, uh-huh. and uh, the, you know, that's what The Walking Dead was. And The Walking Dead was really well done. And Bones was really well done. But it's a different genre, right? That's murder yeah, mystery. This is this is the same genre being done right. Yeah, but you could do murder mystery in the alien universe. You could. You could. Yeah. It'd be weird, but you could. Anyway. What do you think did it? The alien. Who do you think did it? The alien. <laughs> like, is that acid <laughs> burning a hole through the tub? Like, that's weird. Like, is that dripping from the roof? I wonder. It must have been a. And this man's person. had his stomach torn out. Alien baby. <laughs> no, but they don't know. So but they don't guessing. know. So they're just like, it must have been some crazy guy. One of the reasons I'm thinking that they'll be dipping into this is because uh, William Gibson's scripts have been produced in a few different ways. As of recently, so Dark Horse made Alien 3, the unproduced screenplay, in 2019. Wait, as a comic? Uh-huh. Oh, yep. interesting. Uh, and this is Gibson's second draft. We also have a book that came out in September 7th of 2021 by Pat Cadigan. And this is William Gibson's first draft turned into a novel. Wow. Yeah. So, so his life, his work did still come to life. And I think mm-hmm. that, that definitely makes kind of a shotgun of a canon to look at. Be like, which of these is canon? The movie <laughs> they made? The original draft written by Gibson? Or the second draft written by Gibson? We've made them all. <laughs> right. So Audible also made an audio drama in 2019 with Michael Bean and uh, who's Dwayne Corporal Hicks and Lance I always mess up his name as well. Henriksen. Uh, Lance Henriksen, who plays Bishop. Oh. They're the original actors, and they are the voice actors in the audio drama. Interesting. Hmm. So, you know, as of recently, you know, we've got a book, we've got comic, and we've got an audio drama. So there's really been produced in quite a few different ways and so I yeah really do yeah like like gibson's un, un, un non-cinematic versions of the screenplay really got a lot of light wow. yeah 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 That's well crazy. like so like back in the day after these were rejected uh like at conventions and stuff people would have printouts of this script and they're like hey we'll, we'll sell you you know a gibson printout and you can read this script, you know, it got rejected by the studio, but we all think it's great. You know? Wow. Well, and I think part of that is that Gibson created cyberpunk. Right. And then he yeah, was part of his this name other, is powerful. Yeah. This other property that's a really big sci-fi property made it very interesting, particularly because you, you couldn't see this in theater. It's almost secret. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And uh, I think I think that is a, uh, yeah, I think that is a, a brilliant piece of marketing they did. Of his work. That is brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and, and Pat Cadigan, uh, she is often referred to as the mother of cyberpunk. Uh, Pat Cadigan? Uh-huh. What did she write? Yeah, who is she? I, it's just a name you threw at me. Like, am I supposed to know that person? Like, what, did we talk about her earlier? Uh, is there well, going to be a test on this? I'll be honest. Uh, you know, it's just a name I've, I've seen referenced to her. Uh, I'm not a big 
but uh, Adela, uh, Alita, the Battle Angel, that's her. That, that she wrote that, or she's the actress. She wrote that book. Okay, that's awesome. I like her a lot. Pat Cadigan. Uh huh. I like Pat Cadigan. Okay, cool. See, this yeah. is good information. <laughs> uh, but I haven't read too much of her material. I, I would say, yeah, but she made Alita Battle Angel, and that thing was dope. And I'm sure <laughs> the book's even better than the movie. And the movie was good. Uh, but the one that she's most known for, I think, is called Mind Players. And I haven't read it. I haven't even read a synopsis on it. But that's just, you know, another person who's in the mix of these producing William Gibson scripts. Right. The story starts out with the end of Aliens 3. They put themselves into their uh, hyper chambers and uh, try to launch off to... Um, so are we getting spoilers for Aliens 3 right now? So this would be... He's giving us William Gibson. Of, of, and I was just going to oh. give you a little intro to it. Okay, so um, this is Gibson's version. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. we're, we're talking Gibson. And so you're going to start out with uh, Bishop floating through space. Uh, they, they're going to float for four years before making contact with anyone. But Bishop, his system's not online, but he's still processing information and thinking you know so he kind of gives you a little intro to this and and what's happening there this one's often kind of referred to as a uh the cold war story uh the first one uh, alien is kind of referred to as the truckers aliens it's referred to as the marines and this one is referred to as the cold war and it's going to introduce a another faction, a uh, communist faction called the UPP, Union of Progressive Peoples. And uh, uh, they will be competing with what they refer to as the capitalists, but it's really Weyland Yutani Incorporated and, and kind of having this uh, Cold War uh, feeling going to it. So I was debating to myself if uh, I should have you guys go enjoy that before we try to go into any spoilers of what this well, story Well, we are like. actually out of time. So uh well that's why yeah. he's asking now. He's just should we should we do another episode on it or are we wrapping up here? All right. All right. I've been uh, floored. What's the, what's our treasure room question? Well, obviously the question is, I don't know. Um, so my question would be, would you rather that we have this reemerging of William Gibson's script happening on these different forms, or would you rather that we would have had an alien three that was William Gibson rather than the alien three? we got? So, so let me, let me see if I got this straight. My options are either what it is now. Uh huh. Or back in Alien Three was actually not a Alien Three. Yeah, Alien Three was actually made this way. Well, here's here's my dilemma. Here, I haven't seen Alien Three, and I haven't (laughs) Uh, read any of William Defoe's stuff. Excuse me. So, (laughs) I mean, I'm kind of at a loss here. I haven't even seen like the third alien that everyone makes fun of. So I'm I might watch it and it'll be my new favorite movie. Probably not, from what I've heard. But it could happen. But we'll yes. discuss it further. All right. Well, uh, I hope you've been floored. Now go floor your friends. 
If you enjoyed this episode and want more on the topic, we record a special treasure room for our patrons after every episode. In the regular episode, we go deep. In the treasure room, we go wide. To enjoy the bonus content, sign up at the fluorite level or higher. There is a treasure room for every episode from August 2021 and on. That's double the content. Two episodes a week instead of one. Go to www.patreon.com backslash floor fantasy and lore. That's floor spelled F-L-O-R-E. Select the fluorite tier or higher. Immediately after each episode is released, the treasure room will post the bonus audio on Patreon. They are identified by the tag treasure room after and the title of the episode. You can also do a search for the keywords treasure room and find all the content you've been missing. Thanks for listening. Leave us a review. Tell us why you like listening to us. Is it our awesome deep dives? Is it our amazing back and forth? Is it our charming good looks? What would you like us to add or change? You can put that in the review as well. We read reviews. Yeah. And if you're going to be leaving us a review telling us what you like about it, maybe you even want to share the content with your friends, uh, like and share on social media. You can join us on Twitter and Facebook. We post memes and we actually started a discord. So come play with us. So uh, a lot of the worlds we cover have a retcon. Uh, if you're not familiar with that term, it's reconstruction. Or sometimes we might uh, use a bad source for some of our lore research. And if that happens, uh, feel free to email us at floorfantasyandlore at gmail.com. That is floor spelled F-L-O-R-E, fantasyandlore at gmail.com. And if you're angry enough, we'll read it on the air. <laughs> yes, we will. Also, the treasure room is now available. We have locked a few secrets for everything we cover in there. And each week, we add more. And uh, you can find the treasure room on patreon.com backslash floor fantasy and lore. And how do you spell that, Aaron? That's lore with an F at the beginning. So it sounds like floor, but it's not the floor you're thinking because it's our floor. uh, We hope you enjoyed your time on the floor. Uh, Think about your favorite part of the episode. Now, think about your nerdiest friend. Who is it? What is their name? They want to know about the floor. Stop holding out on them. Go and tell them about your favorite part. Because all of this is more fun together.